Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. <laughs> Today we got a special guest, and Tony's going to introduce him. This is Justin Andrus. Andras? Andrus. Andrus. Yep. Uh, he is a real estate investor at Veteran Home Buyers. That's the thing he's making his main thing. He's an owner and a founder at Advanced Technology Solutions and public affairs photojournalist at the 122nd Fighter Wing. So he was a military guy, still in the military. We're going to talk to him a little bit about the military. He's also a member of the Future Flipper Mastermind. There's a link in the description if you want to join the same Future Flipper Mastermind that Dakota and I are a part of. We're coaches in. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is Justin Andrus. Thanks awesome. coming on, bro. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I've, I've known you guys since January, and I was wondering when you guys were going to call me and say, <laughs> we need you on. It <laughs> is crazy, it's dude. awesome to be here, though. Yeah, thanks, bro. So you decided to go to the military, but it looked like, based on your Facebook profile, that you previously had, you got a degree. So somebody encouraged you to go to college. Uh, would you recommend it to people? What do you think uh, young people should do? There's always like the first question we ask. <laughs> boom, college. Boom, military. Would you recommend it again? Be like, hey, go to college, then get into the military. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so um, definitely I have a couple different perspectives on this. So I actually got my degree when I went to the military. So it was kind of one of the reasons I joined. Um, I've always had a passion for technology. And um, I went to school to get my computer science degree. I've always loved being around uh, computers. Um, I had envisioned myself being a software engineer at some point. Um, so I joined the military kind of late in life. So I was about 28. And um, I joined the military so I could go to school, also serve my country, of course, and kind of be a part of something bigger. Um, went to school about a year and a half in the military, and um, it was brutal. Um, I like learning, but I hated school. And you know, for, for that specific career field, um, I feel like a lot of the skills you can get with that field and not just being an engineer, a lot of different places you don't need a degree for. Um, so I eventually had started my own business and then I had a different perspective on school after that point because I see how you can take your skill set and just your work ethic um, and putting in, you know, just work towards something you're passionate about or something you're good at and producing income. Whereas we, we do kind of live in a society that's like, well, if you want to get a job, you need to go to school and get a degree and work for a great company. And that does work for some people. But I feel like a majority of people, it's kind of pointless. Because if you do go to school, you need to have a plan. And sometimes people's plans is just, I just want to work for someone. Well, you can also go into a trade and make more money than most kids that get coming out of college, right? So generally speaking, I would say most people, they, if they have the skill set to be able to put in some work and develop that skill set um, and pursue something where they are able to grow that opportunity, I would say that there's plenty of other ways in this world, especially where we're at nowadays, where you can just create a job out of thin air. You can create a business out of thin air. Um, I think that school is, it, it can't be a waste of time for most people because I think about it more than just the experience of school. I think about it in the sense that those four years you're in school, you're, you're basically sacrificing income because that's got to be your life, right? So now you've just set yourself back four years. And then when you get out, you got another X amount of years to pay off that debt. 
when in reality, you can go to work now and make money now and build uh, money and you can put them in investments today. It doesn't matter if you make a minimum wage. You're still, in my opinion, are ahead of those degree earners because you're earning now. And, and obviously you could earn when you're in school, but you could go into a career now without an education. That's like that's like the game of life, you know. Whenever you play in life, you get to pick your uh, pick your path, yeah. and then if you pick college, then you got to go, uh, you know, in debt. Then you're behind a little bit, but then eventually, you know, you, you might catch up, you might not. Just kind of, you know, like life. Mm-hmm. It's a Unless gamble. Unless you go for social work, and then you don't make as much money. Oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, that's but, a good point too, though. You know, sometimes people just go to school because they just don't know what to do. Yeah, and that's a really bad reason to go into school because you definitely need some kind of plan. Like, I think a lot of students do have some plan, but how many times as well did you hear that people go into school and they're like, well, I don't want to do this and change my major. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate? It's not like what you see on HGTV. We created a course to show you how to really invest and create a profitable flipping and wholesaling business. We give you marketing strategies like how to pull lists, who we target, and where we find the money. We go over sales, which includes live calls and negotiations, scripts, role-playing, and so much more. Everything that you need to know to flip houses is in this course. And if there's anything that we missed, we will create a video to answer your specific question. This knowledge has made us over a million dollars and we're selling it today for just $997. Click the link below. Well, now what are you resetting? You know, maybe you're going for something better. Maybe you just change your mind. But so many people are like, well, that's just what I thought I needed to. My parents tell me I need to do this or it's just I don't know what else to do. I don't want to work at McDonald's. And that's fine. If you want to progress yourself, that's good. But you don't just go to school to go to school, right? Yep. What is Advanced Technology Solutions? So uh, ATS is actually my first business that I started. Um, I I originally didn't. I'm not one of those people that was always kind of like, I always wanted to start my business. Like, of course, I've thought about it. And, you know, that would be a cool idea. It'd be great to work for yourself and wake up and do whatever you want. But I never really had this plan to own my business. So I, I was working in the mobile electronics field. So I started off um, installing car radios and speakers and doing electronics in cars. I did that for a while. And then eventually I had an opportunity to start this business where I was uh, installing um, electronic systems for companies in their vehicles all around the country. Um, I did it for other companies for a while. And eventually just this opportunity kind of fell in my lap to absorb some customers uh, from someone that I had done work for as an installer, but not a not a business owner. So I kind of just stumbled into business. And then throughout my first several years in that business, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I never had any education in business, anything in taxes, bookkeeping, none of that stuff. I'm just like, all right, well, I got I got customers, I got work coming, this sounds cool, I'm gonna figure it out. And, you know, there was a lot of lessons there. There was just tons of growing pains and, you know, almost shuttered my business several times. But eventually I was like, you know what? This thing's not going away. It's doing well, but it's going to crash and burn if I don't figure some things out. So that's when I kind of started getting around other business owners and and listening to them and what they do and just going to these conferences and these meetups just where I could surround myself with people that were had been in business longer than me or, or just had figured some things out. Um, so then the bug hit me, and then I started to have that entrepreneur bug, um, and it just kind of led into where I'm at today. So you still have advanced technology solutions now? I do. You're still doing that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, 
what did your journey look like for your military service? You're still in the military now. I am. What? How did you get into? Uh, you went from high school straight into the military. You were getting your degree while you're in the military. Is no, that so that like? um, as I mentioned, I, I went in kind of late. So I was 28 when I went in the military. Went in to go to school, um, and then um, I. It, this has been since 2011. So 2011, I enlisted. It was about a year before I actually went to basic training, um, and I've been in since then. And so all the they, guys call you dad and stuff because you. They did boys. actually. <laughs> Sometimes they'd be like old man and this and that. You know, you're you're in basic training with a bunch of 18 year olds, and you're like the old guy there, but. It, I didn't care because I thought it was funny where, you know, younger kids that hadn't been out of mama's basement are, you know, upset because they haven't seen everyone in a while. And I'm just kind of laughing to myself. I'm like, silly kids, no life experience. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, I've been in the military since then and um, I, I've enjoyed it. It's, I enlisted in the Air National Guard, so it's been part time. Um, so I serve one week in a month uh, as a photojournalist. So I do photography, video, uh, some social media stuff. Um, for the military. Uh, great job. Uh, it was kind of a stepping stone to get into school and had never planned on staying in, but I'm still in now and uh, I've enjoyed the time I've been in. Awesome. So uh, I was going to joke about you also having a degree from Cardone University. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Dakota uh, first got all his sales training from Grant Cardone at the car dealership. You know, it was one nice. of the services that they paid for. Yeah. And, uh, are you a big fan of Grant Cardone? Are you kind of like on the fence about him? Or what do you think of Grant? Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think the first time I ran across Grant. I mean, we've Grant is a, in my opinion, he's, he's, he's a master marketer. Um, he's really good at marketing himself, his businesses. Um, obviously, he has a background in sales. Um, but he reaches people. And one thing that he trains people on is be omnipresent. Yeah. So somewhere in that omnipresence, it was somewhere on social media, I believe I ran across a video or something of his. And um, I resonate with people like Grant because of the high energy and the focus mindset. Um, you know, people like Grant Cardone, uh, Ed Milet, Andy Frazella, stuff like that. I like that because um, it really, it just, it shows me how passionate they are about what they do. And it has that you can see how they became successful because of kind of that aggressive mindset. Some people might be turned off by it, but I think there's a, a time and place to be able to harness that kind of mentality and use it to succeed in life. Um, so Grant, I had run across a video of his and um, led me to the 10X rule, his, his primary book that most people know him for. Um, and it really just, I was in a place where I was already beginning that journey in business where I was, you know, I'm thinking about goals and journaling and, and how do I get better each day. And Grant was kind of in that moment for me was like, it, it was like I was kind of pouring gasoline on the floor and I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not catching anything. And Grant's the one that ran in the room and just threw the match on the ground, you know? So it was just this, this fire exploded because I'm like, just the way he explains stuff, um, and it, just through his content and even his education and his books and everything, I really connected with that. And I found myself really motivated to do the things that he talked about in the book. You know, so many times I, I read a lot and, and many times um, maybe we read a book and we don't always apply things. But I, I felt like I needed to because this the things that I heard uh, in his book were just I was like, if I don't apply this. I'm an idiot because this is giving me the cheat code to succeed in my life and my business. So, um, 
to answer the question, I, I, I connect with Grant. I think not everything that he says I agree with, but I think a majority of the things that um, that he does say I, I align with. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy being around other 10Xers. I mean, I've been to the 10X Growth Con, and, um, you know, who knows, maybe we crossed paths before we mm-hmm. met at one of the Growth Cons or something. But uh, I like Grant. I think Grant has a, has a lot to offer in the ways of, of sales training and just – really just his mindset i mean forget the whatever he's teaching and, and the content and all that stuff uh just his he's what is he almost 70 or in his 70s he's an older guy and he's got he's not that old i think he's like 59 63 is he somewhere in there so he's i mean he's, a, he's an older gentleman right <laughs> yeah, i yeah. mean he's not our age right we're, we're he does look real good for his age yeah. I'll look it up jamie look it up yeah so it's uh, grant is i mean grant's got the energy um, and there's a reason for that. I mean, he's he's relentless. 64, 64. there we go. 64, that's still pretty impressive. Nice. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. That is crazy. So I like Grant. Grant has, I mean, I mean he's he's said some wacky stuff. I mean, he, his <laughs> his perspective on real estate, in my opinion, is kind of skewed, but I, I, I know why it's skewed. Right. You know, he, he says he's not a believer in single-family homes, and I get why he says that. He's all about apartment buildings, and I'm sure that's because of where he's at in life. He's got you know what two billion in real estate in in his fund or whatever and um so i get it but uh majority of what grant says i'm i'm aligned with so grant didn't get you into real estate then though what what got you into real estate um i wouldn't say grant didn't get me into real estate i haven't really dropped the real estate with grant yet but um i I would say he he probably played into it a little bit Mm. um and and it was kind of after i started thinking about real estate because he talks about real estate and that's one of his big things. So um, he didn't get me into real estate, but he now had provided a lot of this higher level knowledge for me in real estate because he's at the perspective where um, these larger apartment buildings and looking at stuff from a higher view, which is important no matter where you're at in real estate, whether you're just, just now getting into it at some point it's under, it's important to understand the real estate market economics and real estate and, and just how you can, uh, can, how do you scale your business? How do you grow it? And, and seeing things from a higher level view in real estate is important, right? You, you don't always want to be on the ground and just thinking about each house, you know, right in the moment. You also want to be thinking ahead to like, where do you want your business to be? And you really need to understand some of the bigger level things, even if you're not at that point or on that level yet. Are you letting deals fall through the cracks because you don't have good systems in place? We've been there before and we've tried several different CRMs and Ari Simply has been the best. Ari Simply tracks your KPIs, does automatic follow-ups for you, and even records your incoming phone calls. The system is simple to use and has more features than we even know what to do with. If you're looking for a great CRM, try Ari Simply today. We put the link in the description. Check it out now. So how did you get started, though? <laughs> so, yeah, so, so the story and how I got into real estate. So uh, one of my old uh, business partners in, uh, in the fleet technology uh, world for my, primer, my first business, um, him and I had always talked about, you know, doing different business ventures together and other ways to make money, right? We had a really good uh, dynamic between the two of us, and um, so we had always talked about um, you know, like uh, Amazon store stuff, um, just e-commerce and so many different things on how to build additional streams of income. And so he had um, found something about wholesaling real estate. Um, and I knew nothing about it. He brought it to me and he said, hey, have you ever heard of wholesaling real estate? 
I think right before that we had had a conversation about real estate and kind of talking about maybe buying some properties, but we didn't really know where to get started. So he had found wholesaling and I'm like, no, no, what is it? And, and I looked into it and I'm like, you know, my first perspective was like, this sounds amazing, but is this legal? You know, it's, I think a lot of people that, that do it are, are kind of thinking the same thing. They're like, well, how can you buy real estate, but not buy real estate and still go buy a ch get a check at the, from the title company? Like, this is crazy. I, you mean to tell me I can go find an ugly house in my neighborhood, knock on the person's door and get a $20,000 check without using any of my own money or even being part of the title process? Like, how is that legal? Um, and so I was curious, you know, I, I was like, there seems to be a lot of people teaching about this. And I'm, I'm curious. So we, we started going to events. We, we actually went to uh, Max Maxwell's event down in Dallas, um, started meeting people. And I went there and was hearing people that had been doing it for years. And I'm like, holy crap, this is this is real. And so I, you know, I, I jumped head first into it. And I'm like, this seems like a lot. There's a lot of work, of course. But holy crap, if I can close some deals, this could change my life. And it did. So that was kind of the initial way I got into real estate. And, and then it, you know, of course, people that wholesale real estate, they just, they get in and they start, I want to get rental properties. I want to start getting into this and that. It's, it's a, it creates the, the capital coming in uh, for people to be able to get into other exit strategies in, in real estate. So you did some deals and then you started to gain some traction and you started to think like, oh, this is going pretty well. Uh, how did you decide that it was time to pay for a mastermind? Because a lot of people would look at the amount of money that you spent mm -hmm. in order to get into a mastermind to get around the people that you wanted to get around with the resources that you wanted. Mm -hmm. And they would be like, man, I just don't know if the money makes sense. Like that's a lot of money to spend yeah. on something like that. How did you, what, would, what did the process look like in your head when you decided that it was time to spend that amount of money? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's at that point, this, so this happened, um, I got into the Future Flipper Mastermind uh, in December. So I had I had already been to the point where I was going to these events, right, and meeting people. You know, I'm, I'm hearing in all these books and from other people that you need to surround yourself with the right people, get in the right room, um, get in rooms with people that are smarter than you. Uh, don't be the smartest person in the room, right? Um, and so I'm like, I constantly hear this all the time and I'm hearing, I would see people would spend a lot of money on these coaching and masterminds. And I, when I first saw this, I'm like, all right, well, that, that's how they make money, right? They charge you a lot. Mm -hmm. So that's how they're making a living. Um, I mean, I guess partially true, but it really, the core of it is not that. So eventually as I started gaining traction in real estate, I'm like, I'm, I've gotten some success, but I'm now in the place where I have an opportunity to grow, but I need to figure some things out. Otherwise, this thing is just going to explode and it's just it's going to fall apart because I can't. You know, I started off my business doing a lot of this, right? I'm driving around looking for houses and, and spending hours cold calling and having people cuss me out and say they're going to come find me. You know, don't ever call me again. Stuff like going through the, the ringer, right? Initially, just trying to understand these things. And and so um I'm at the point in my business where I'm like, all right, I need, I need help, right? I need to make some hires. So the big part of me uh, when I came to Future Flipper was, A, uh, I, there was two core things that I wanted to do. One was how can I properly hire those valuable pieces into my business? I don't want to just hire people. I want to hire someone that 
is going to replace some of the things that I've been doing because I need to spend my time on what I'm good at and delegate some of this other stuff to someone that maybe is even better than I am at doing it. So where do I find these people and how do I hire them? Like what's the process entails? How do I get that person in here and keep them here? So that was one core thing. Um, and then the other one was the, I'm pretty good with systems, but I'm not a great process guy. Like I have some of my own processes and I like to document things, but being really structured business-wise is not like my forte. Um, anything that I've learned, I've just picked up from books and just being around people. But um, so I wanted to figure out how can I improve my processes on how we manage things? What's How do I create workflows in the business where we find a house and it goes here and then it goes here and here and this is how we get it to the finish line. So those are the two core things that I wanted to do. So I had, um, I, I, you know, I'd seen Brian Pineda's content, you know, for uh, probably a couple years before that. And he himself, along with a lot of the big wholesalers in the country, um, you know, um, Brent Daniels, uh, Sean Terry, um, uh, who's just at the mastermind too, uh, Carlos, Carlos Reyes. Yeah. yeah. These guys are all kind of interconnected, right? They're, they all know each other and, and they're all very successful in what they do. And, and, and Ryan's there too. And, you know, just connected with Ryan's content, right? I, I, I felt he was a very, a genuine guy. He could explain things very easily where they could be understand by a fifth grader, right? They'd be break it down in layman's terms. And, and, and also a very passionate guy that gets you excited about some of the things that we talk about. So I'm like, I'm like, Ryan sounds good. And I run across um, an ad, you know, they got me on the ad, right? There was something that would just happen to be in my mind at this time where I'm kind of been thinking about it. And so I clicked the ad and they, they were talking about, you know, coaching and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'd, I'd been thinking about coaching for a couple of years. I had tried to coach um, maybe a year before that. And um, I it just didn't get where I wanted to be with that person. And so I'm just back to figuring out myself. So now I'm like, all right, this is, I need to pull the trigger on this. You know, it, if I can get in a program that is going to get me, it's going to include the things that I have, I will spend what I need to because I know whatever that amount of money is will get my business to the next level. So um, I got on the phone and started talking to them. They explained kind of all the benefits, being in the mastermind, um, having courses, um, having calls with Ryan and his team and uh, different uh, calls with, you know, about multifamily and just all kinds of stuff, right, included in uh, access to a CPA and all the different resources they offer in Future Flipper. And I'm like, I'm asking them, I'm like, you know, this is, you know, of course they're asking me, what do you want to accomplish? Why, if you joined, what, what do you want to accomplish? And so I'm explaining those things to them. And I said, yeah, I think we can definitely do that. I mean, we, we have a lot of people in this program that have done the same thing you're doing. Um, and I really feel like this would be a good fit for you. And so we were talking about, you know, rookie versus all-star. And I'm like, well, I've been in for several years. I don't know everything, but I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of being a rookie. So what's the next tier like? What does that include? And, and you know, they told me everything. And, and I'm like, okay, cool. How much is it? And they're like, uh, I think it was like, like 20, 25K. And I'm like... Nowadays, my mindset has shifted so dramatically than the beginning of when I started my business. I don't think about the dollar amount anymore. I think about if I pay this amount, will it? when will it pay itself off? Like, can I learn? So with this program, if I paid 25 grand to be in this, will this get me one deal that will pay me 25 grand in a year? If the answer is yes, then that's 
just a no-brainer. Um, and I felt like everything that they had presented, like it could definitely get me there. I, I just need to get in the room with one person that can help me find a deal where I can make 25K, which is, I mean, really 25K in a real estate deal is not that difficult, right? Um, and even if it's two deals, right? Can I, could I actually f- learn one thing or meet one person um, or get, add on one system or one process that can pay off the 25,000? Well, then that's that's just, it's it's like the cheat code in business. Mm-hmm. This is exactly why most people get in them because they just, they no matter if it's just something incrementally better, is it, is it worth that value to be there? Um, and so for me, I was like, you know what? I was like, let's do this. I, I can't see how I would not learn a single thing. And if anything, this is going to like 5, 10x kind of an investment. Because as long as I take the things we'll learn and the connections that I'll make and I'm actually intentional about them and actually take action on them, that there's no reason why this shouldn't be a smart decision. Has it, has it uh, shifted your business? Like have you seen the trajectory change? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I think some of the biggest things, so when I go to events, the biggest thing for me that I get, like when I went to GrowthCon um, or, or any event, like I went to um, Brian Stuman's Million Dollar Mastermind last year, yep. um, and anytime I go to that event, it's, you know, the presenters on stage, they're great. You know, there's a lot of value there, but I go for the people that are in the room because you may never meet this one person in your life and you may cross paths with somebody that could shift the trajectory of your life, you know? And so I, I always see it that way. And whenever I go to an event, I'm always intentional about talking to people. I'll even like, like when I went to um, the, the first mastermind for future flipper, I was taking notes on people I talked to because I wanted to remember some of those conversations. I'm like, okay, this person, I think I have notes on you guys. Like, <laughs> maybe awesome. I'll share them later with yeah. you guys. <laughs> You're like, that no, guy I... was a doucher cookie. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a weird haircut. Yeah. I don't know about this guy. Yeah, so it's it, like, I, I, I wanted to be intentional. So like, I just, I went to these events and and I think the biggest thing that I've learned is is how everyone does something a little bit different in their business. and someone along the way has learned something that can can shorten the learning curve or shorten your road towards that next goal or just for anything you want to accomplish like it's almost as if there's there's so much information right it's always that your brain's exploding after you leave not just from um the the speakers on stage but those conversations more so private conversations like my voice was just destroyed after that whole event because just yeah. talking so much so yeah i was super glad whenever ryan did the breakout groups that's that was actually something i was talking to ed about the other day and ed is our uh um property manager guy mm-hmm. he was just like yeah man i'm struggling to figure out how to set up this property management to incentivize people i was like man that's a cool thing about like getting in the rooms like that because like not only are you getting in the room they're being intentional about you guys spending time and then saying hey here's what i'm struggling with and now you're learning from other people who are doing some high level stuff because there's a reason that they're in that room and they can afford to pay 20 to 25,000. Yeah. Now you're getting advice from these other people who have built huge companies or systems mm-hmm. and we all got to help each other out that way. So I was like super happy when they did the breakout groups. I thought that was super effective, but yeah. it's funny cause you say a lot of the same stuff that we talk about whenever we talk about joining uh, mastermind and stuff like just shortening mm-hmm. the curve and stuff. So that's there's, awesome. There's another thing too. Like I think it's important to remember Two, that how a lot of people get 
high levels of success and it's not just me me it's actually giving value to other yeah. people and that was something too going into the program or just when i go somewhere like i'm gonna have lots of conversations with people but is there a, somewhere maybe i can give some value to them like, yep. you know i talked to a lot of people in future flipper that were early on and they hadn't you know they people getting into wholesaling or maybe people are flippers and wanting to go in wholesaling or something that i could share and uh, I was very happy to do so because, like, there's so many people did that for me uh, wh where they were like, this information you would have in these conversations was worth thousands of dollars. Like, you actually, people would literally pay thousands of dollars to be in programs or buy courses or whatever to learn the things that we're just having a conversation with over a beer yep. or in the hallway at the event. Or on this podcast. Yeah, or on the podcast. This is the <laughs> million-dollar podcast, by the way. Yep. Uh, so it's like... It, it, Giving value to people is so important because um, I, I don't have my business just to build wealth. I have my business to grow my purpose, you know, in the world. And it's like you can make all the money in the world, but if you don't have any substance or you don't, there's no bigger purpose beyond that to impact people's lives or whatever you want to do. Um, why do you do it, right? Why do we we put in lots of hours and we sacrifice a lot to be entrepreneurs and build businesses? Um, you know, we don't have that security of, of a paycheck, but we have the opportunity, the, the unlimited opportunity of building your future, right? So giving value is very important. Yeah. What does your organization look like now since you've been at the mastermind? Who have you hired? What have you systematized? How have you grown? And how has your business developed as you've, you know, been in the mastermind? So, well, it's been like seven months. Mm -hmm. So before then and then after that moment, what does your business look like today? So um, I had, I have an assistant that works with me. Uh, her name's Lauren. She's out of uh, Dallas. So Lauren, I had her before uh, I joined Future Flipper. I've, she's been with me, um, I think it's been about maybe a year, year and a half. Um, and she's been kind of in a part-time role. Like originally she came on board because we moved into Dallas as a virtual market to wholesale. Um, and she was actually driving for dollars. She, she was driving around neighborhoods looking for leads, add, adding them into our system. Um, and she was one of those people that just like, she just took whatever I gave her and ran with it. And she never like, I, I've hired so many people over the years with my other business that I, I'm always, I kind of expect when people just kind of fail you. And it's just, you know, I don't, I don't expect that everyone's going to fail me, but I, when I see it, when it, when it happens, I'm just like, this is, this is what happens, right? Um, you know, and, and it's, it's not to degrade other people, but it's just like, that's how it works, right? Some people just aren't a fit for, um, for your business or just your style. Right. Um, so me and Lauren connected really well and, and I wanted to grow the opportunity with her a little bit more because she's a, uh, single mom of six and working as well. And just, you know, she was just killing it as a mom. And I respected her a lot for that. Um, and I actually met her through the 10X program. Mm -hmm. um, I met her in one of the groups or something. And um, so, I, so I had hired her, you know, and, and part of going into Future Flipper was to build out her role for the future because her and I had had these conversations about where to put her. I wanted to put her in a bigger role. So uh, I went to, to fast forward, just going forward to Future Flipper and what, um, what happened in the six, seven months we were able to kind of grow out her opportunity and, and where I thought she might be better in maybe a sales role, I, I found out that actually she's better off 
in kind of like a marketing role and in, in controlling our inflow of leads. And she's been really good at that. So I actually took one of the personality tests that they gave us at Future Flipper and looked at her personality type. And I, I thought I knew her pretty well, but this the test was like, it, it told me some new things about her. And, and she was actually surprised too. And she's like, well, that is kind of true. And so it allowed us to kind of develop her role a little bit, little bit better. Um, and then uh, another thing that happened too was I was able to bring on um, some deal finders for our, our Driving for Dollars program. That's an area I want to scale out a little bit, um, especially considering we don't necessarily have to have somebody driving the streets. We can have them do it virtually now. So I think the team building part and bringing in some quality people and really um, that getting them in the right role was so important. And that, that's one thing that I was able to do in the last six, seven months is, is have her in the right role and start bringing people in that'll fit the role that they can actually succeed in. Have you been able, able to get more deals too? Absolutely. Yeah. We were, after the first mastermind, um, I was, I was talking with, uh, talking with a guy who had, he had a, um, they had a package of single family homes in, in Kansas, Kansas. city. Yep. You know Ethan, yep. so Ethan had he had this sh- he had this shirt on or a tassel on. They, you know he's looking for uh, looking for a buyer, fifty thousand um, dollars. Him and I, st- you know, we were talking at one of the after parties, and I said, "What you know? Um, tell me about the deal. Let, let me hear the details and and this and that." And you know, I, I have a couple people that I've interacted with in some of my other masterminds that could, could be interested in the deal. We might be able to find something. And so him and I started working on that. We didn't actually end up closing that together but it it opened my eyes to just i went to this event and after the first mastermind had that gone through that would have paid for the mastermind itself so that one didn't go through but fast forward we actually i had met some guys that were were in uh, dallas right so dallas is an area that i'm doing virtual wholesaling right and so i met a couple guys down in dallas and we started talking about um, you know, what are they doing? Hey, I'm wholesaling there. I don't have a huge buyer presence built, but I'm working on that. And so um, me and a couple of the guys from Dallas have been working on deals together to get them closed where they're looking for them in certain areas. And we had actually been marketing these areas un- unbeknownst to me that, that that's exactly what they were looking for. Um, and so it connected us together with a, with a piece that I didn't have in that market because it, it wasn't a local market. Is that Sergio? Sergio, Sergio, I talked to Sergio, and there was another guy too. I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, that was so Sergio, and who's Milton. his partner's name? Milton. There's Milton. Yep. Um, I've been talking to them too about you know maybe doing some deals together, and and we but but it gives me this piece. It gave me the piece that I was looking for to get deals closed, and so we're kind of on the cusp now where we got a couple of deals almost in the at the finish line. Yep. So I'm at the point where I'm gonna want to reach out to them and and get some of those through. So. Um, I haven't closed any deals yet, but we've had key pieces built that are going to, I already know they're going to close deals for years to come because um, they were the piece that I was looking for in order to help me, you know, finish the process in those markets. Have you been able to get the help that you need to in order to like find more money too? Because a lot of people struggle with finding money. Have you gotten like advice and resources so that you're, you're able to access more money? Yeah, definitely. Um, the the money thing was something that I, I didn't really get a lot of knowledge and ex- and resources on early on in the process. Like I knew how to find deals. It was it was kind of really never a big thing for me. I didn't really need it as a wholesaler because I'm not 
having yeah. to leverage the capital, right? So I never really needed it for a while anyways, but I knew I was going to eventually go in that direction where I was going to need the capital. So um, yeah, you're I, still doing some rehabs now, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing a nightmare re rehab right now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, it's so I, one of my my local partners, uh, uh, Mark. I actually brought him to Last Mastermind. He connected me with um, uh, Hard Money Lenders uh, or Private Money Lender, and but I learned a ton about money being in Future Flipper, just kind of hearing about it. Uh, from people that have done tons of deals and it, it definitely filled in a lot of the the holes that i had in, in understanding where to get the money and and i think one of the big things too for ryan and it's something else that i was able to accomplish getting in the program is is growing my social media presence like it, it was stupid that i was not utilizing social media for as long as i did because i'm a military trained photojournalist like i have the skill set mm -hmm. to do some of this stuff but i never did it because it was never prioritized. It was always like, yeah, one day I'm going to do it. One day I'm going to do it. And then I saw, um, I, I learned more about doing social media and creating content uh, through Ryan's program because Ryan's really good at it, right? Ryan's kind of a natural and, and his content just, you could learn a lot just watching the videos and how he presents mm -hmm. himself. Um, so that was one big thing I wanted to do. And so going back into private money, one huge resource that, that a lot of people don't even tap is having crowdfunded deals, right? You have money. If you have a crowd, you have, you know, resources to fund deals. Um, you know, there's a little bit more to it than that. But if you have an audience, if you if you build a presence on social media, that's just one of the perks of having it is you have a pool to pick from people that have seen your content. They see what you're doing. They see the kind of projects you're working on and they want to invest with you and they'll be your private money lender. Um, and, and then you never have to worry about funding a deal again. When you come across that big deal and you're like, oh, crap, how do I raise two, three hundred thousand, half a million dollars? Where do I go? I don't private money lender is not going to give me. Can I can I pick for my audience? And so that's like that's another thing that I've really started to get clarity on just being in the program is, you know, how to get money from your audience. Yeah. Or just your network, too. Right. And when you network with people as well, there's a there's a resource there as well. I was going to say you do some quality social media videos, and you just did one with one of our friends that you showed us you got 20,000 views so far. Was that on TikTok or Instagram? Uh, I was on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so is that working in your favor? You're definitely getting a lot more eyeballs. Are you getting deals? Are you getting money from it? Or what are the benefits? I mean, obviously, you're getting people t messaging you, reaching out, talking to you, that sort of thing. But yeah. what benefits have you seen from it so far? So when I started doing it, um, I, I had – I talked to a couple uh, coaches and, and social media coaches and, you know, content creators about just trying to wrap my head around. The, I think the biggest obstacle I had for content was there's all these different platforms. Like, how do I do my content? Is it the same? And I just posted everywhere. And I, and I heard, you know, a lot of people were like, no, it's actually got to be a little bit different per platform. Every platform is different. You know, you're. Uh, Facebook's an older crowd, right? There's a lot of sharing of stories. There's a mixture of pictures and video. Instagram's very like, you know, look at my life. It's very presented in, you know, this desirable format and it's everything's real heavy on video now. Uh, TikTok's different too, right? So um, understanding how the content needs to be different for those platforms. And so for me, I wanted to have a plan going into it. What's my goal? Like, I'm not just going to create content to gain followers. What just yay, I'm famous. What does that do for me? Right. I wanted to be, I didn't want to be famous. I wanted to have intentionality in, in putting content out. And so for me, it was, 
A, I want to build the brand of my company, but not just my company, my personal brand, so that anything that I do in the future, I now do have an audience to pick from, right? I have a customer base. You have an instant customer base for any product that you ever want to release or offering or service because the people know what to expect from you. The big part about people buying your stuff is like the trust, right? The knowing who you are. So your content does that for you. So having that audience kind of waiting as I could build stuff and, and kind of put things together to offer them. But also finding deals. Once again, like you said, finding deals and finding money. So the big thing that I've found is is I've had people reach out that are they're they're in markets that I, I've never really I've never put any time into. But they've I've had a couple people bring deals that were just from a product of them seeing content saying like, hey, by the way, do you buy here? And I've actually had deals that I've sent off to people that I've met over the years in different towns. Like, uh, you know, I have uh, someone I know from St. Louis who uh, buys properties down there. And, and I had someone bring me a deal from there. And I said, hey, I, I don't, um, my partner does buy there. We might be able to do something on this deal. I sent it to him. Um, he sends me a check just for sending the deal. And, and, and what it, it was, it didn't cost me anything. It was a referral. It was someone that just brought the deal because they saw the content and, and they were like, hey, this guy buys properties. Would you buy this? Here's pictures. Here's the address. You know, here's, you know, what do you think you could offer us? Just, it was the same process of finding properties at home, but somebody else was bringing me the deal. And so the social media has started to gain traction and, and, and also people reaching out about coaching and doing different things like that, it, which, you know, is it something that I'm growing into as well. So you talked a little bit about getting into a nightmare rehab mm -hmm. and our mastermind, Ryan Pineda has been talking about how he's going to scale down his flipping for yeah. whatever may be happening with this market. What are your plans if the market dips? So obviously people, people that in uh, investors in real estate know that you make your money when you buy the property, right? You, you have to account if you're smart, if you don't want to burn yourself, you, you need to account for the worst case scenario when you buy that property. Worst case scenario is, you know, exactly there's a, what's happening to you. <laughs> yeah, With something like that. <laughs> so worst case scenario, it, it's like I've accounted for this. Yeah, I think pretty much every real estate investor has gotten to the point where they're like, oh crap, like yeah. they're at the oh, oh crap moment, right? Absolutely. In so many different ways. So so you could you could run into an unexpected repair. The market could tank. Um, the town suddenly creates an ordinance that screws you. You can't um, find the VIN number on a manufactured home, and it, you're in escrow for months, and yeah, you're like, it was sent never four different, Yeah, you sent four different people down in the crawl space looking everywhere for it. Someone lost the documents for something. and I mean, if you hold on to contractors for too long, too, we were paying some hourly contractors, so instead of, oh, crap, it was more like, ah. <laughs> Oh crap. <laughs> it's the slow oh crap. Yeah. You don't realize it's too late till it's too late, right? Yeah. Then you look back and you're like, oh, we spent 130000 on that rehab. We could have built that house for that. <laughs> we could have tore it down and rebuilt that entire house for that same amount of money. Yeah. So so this house, I mean, it's so you, you make your money when you buy the house. Um, I had, I'd actually bought this house through a method that I don't usually buy houses. So it was an auction house. I bought it off an auction. It was it was REO, so it was bank-owned. It was a foreclosure from the previous year, um, and it had been vacant for, for a while. So um, it was it was in my town. 
Um, it was right around the corner. Um, and, and the outside of it didn't look terrible. Um, I actually got inside and, and, you know, there was a little bit of mold on legally the walls. Or? Uh, yeah, I got inside <laughs> legally. No, it's, it, they had an agent that let us in for, oh, okay, for the okay. deal, but, uh, you know, you know, no comment. Uh, so <laughs> the, uh, we, we got in there and looked at it and, and, uh, you know, it was all outdated. There was some mold on the walls. Uh, there's a little bit of water in the basement. So I did my numbers and I did them again. And I'm kind of like, I, I had... I had an opportunity um, back in 2021 where I didn't pull the trigger on buying a house and I wholesaled it and I made 20 grand and I wasn't mad because I made 20 grand and it was, it, it was kind of a deal that I, it, it lingered for about a year, year and a half of time, but I, I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I mean, I had some conversations and followed up, but for $20,000, $20, I spent maybe in, in total like a day's worth of time on this deal which is great. So that house is one that I always look back and I'm like, I, I should have bought that because it, it didn't need a ton of repairs. It was a little outdated and I could have found some guys to do what I needed to do and then do a, do a hotel and put it on the market. So I didn't do that one. And I was, I was after that point, I was like, I need to find a property. Now I'm not, I was kind of had the fear in me, right? I was like, I've never done a flip yet. You know, I'm, I'm good with the wholesale and 20K is a lot of money. Let's just, you know, catch the next one. But my partner, one of my, my partner, Mark, was like, dude, you should have bought that. Like, why didn't you buy that? And I was like, I don't have any contractors. I don't have a crew. I don't have anything. I'm just like, I, he's like, just the next time you were to cross one, just just buy it. And he's like, trust me, it's 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 like ripping off the Band-Aid. Like everyone was always nervous in that first house they buy. And sometimes it goes right. Sometimes it goes wrong. It doesn't matter. Like you need to get in there and you need to start doing some stuff with houses, right? Um, and so... So then one came across, uh, came my way uh, from a, um, an agent that I had in my pipeline that I would just, you know, ping every now and then, hey, you got any deals? He sent it my way. And so we had bought this house on an auction. It was an interesting process bidding on, a, on an online auction. Um, I, I don't typically go for auctions or MLS properties because to me it's too competitive. I'd rather go direct to the to seller. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I felt there was it started at a, at a decent price and I was like, you know what, there's room to still get this at a good price. And, um, and it's right around the corner from my house. That's perfect. So I ended up getting the house. I won. I almost didn't. I was one bit away from letting it go because I was not going to get caught up in a bidding war over a house. I was like, you know what, there's other, other houses. So I bought it. Um, and so we got in the house and we, we did demo. We started tearing stuff apart. Um, the, the water and so it's a two bed, one bath, uh, with an unfinished basement. And the goal was to buy the house and finish the basement, add a bedroom and a bathroom, turn it into a three-two. Um, so we get in there, and um, there was water in the basement, and and I had assumed it was the the pit. You know, there was no power in the house, no utilities. It was backing up because you know some pump doesn't have power; it's not pumping the water. So um, I get in there, and you know we get power going, utilities. You know the water goes down, and we're good. And then all of a sudden, some rain comes, and it starts leaking from random places. And I'm like, well, this sucks. And then it just it turned into this whole fiasco where um, where is the water coming from? And then I, I had a, um, a friend of mine um, through my church who was – Helping, uh, helping me do the rehab. You know, he, uh, I had reconnected with him recently, and and he was like, uh, you know, I was like, what are you doing these days? And he's like, I, I'm, I work in a house. I'm a contractor. I'm like, really? I was like, I have a house. I'm, I need a contractor. You know, would you, are you guys free? And so him and his partner were helping me with that. 
Um, and so they're doing the demo and we're looking at stuff in the basement and the water issues start coming up. And then the big headache with these contractors is coming up, which, you know, the big thing that I have a problem with when I hire people is like, you know, skill set, we can improve that. But if you don't have good communication with me, that's a problem, right? Like, it, so the communication wasn't there with them. It was always, I told them in the beginning that the goal here with this house would be to, to flip it. So, um, but it could change, you know, who knows? We're getting into this thing and maybe I end up wanting to sell it as is. Maybe somebody gives me an offer and I sell it for more or I keep it as a rental, who knows? So tried to set that expectation, but for them it was like, well, we're doing this. You said it was going to be a flip, and now this. Well, what about it? So, so we had gotten to a point where I was like, let's do the demo. Let's clean it up. Let's let's paint primer on the walls. Let's just tear everything out, and let's let's list it on the market. Let's see what happens. And they didn't like that too much. They're like, well, what about us? You, you said you were going to give us all this work in this house. And I'm like, it's like there's other houses that I can have you work on. We have deals in our pipeline. Uh, there's more to buy now. Um, and so, so the, it didn't work out with them, and it was just a constant battle all the time of like, like, guys, this is what I need you to do. Just get it done. And he's like, if you, um, I'll make sure you guys are taken care of. Like, I get it. Like, if you set aside time on your business for a project that's going to take several months, I'm going to take care of you guys. If we don't do it in this house, I'm going to find some work for you. Even if I have to borrow you off to one of my other partners that needs a guy, we'll find a way to keep, you know, work flowing. So that never worked out. So contractor issues, um, let it sit on the market, didn't get any any bites at the price, just sitting there on the market, didn't have guys in there because I, I, we parted ways with the other contractors and, and they started doing other work, so nobody's working on the house and the water issues are coming up and I'm having companies coming in and give me estimates on fixing it. And so it's been an interesting experience. We're, we're now in a better place now today because I've found a new crew that's, that's doing good for the time and we've gotten some walls taked out and um, put some supports in and started getting the bathroom going upstairs. So we're moving forward again, but there was a lot of hurdles there where you really have to be intentional about these flips when it's just you or you have a small operation because so much can go wrong in that flip. And it also, in reality, too, you're also burning money the longer you hold it, right? You, I borrowed from a lender, and I'm paying lots of money to borrow this this loan. I don't want to bar- borrow it long term, so paying a lot of money for that, but um definitely was a headache in a lot of different ways there's more stories i could probably say about the house too but i mean you guys have done enough you know you know how it goes when when it comes to you know horror stories with houses and experiences with contractors yeah i remember you talking about that one and like all the issues that you're having with it the question though was what are you gonna do if the market dips oh was that the original <laughs> no, question that was, uh, <laughs> no, that was part of it yeah i would say uh we always do tell people though whenever they're getting into real estate or especially when you're flipping Whatever you're gonna do, just make sure that you finish it. Like that's the most important thing. Like, yeah. cause like you know you're you're finding a way to finish it, whether that's list it, wholesale it. You know, doesn't matter. You can pivot and change, but either way, you're still moving forward with it. It's not like you're just letting it sit there. Like ah man, you know what? Screw that house and it's just sitting there. Cause like that's where you really want to run into problems. It's mm-hmm. when you let it sit there. You, even if you're gonna lose money, and you're doing the math on it. Just hurry up and finish it and lose your money so you can stop thinking about it and move on to the next one. Yeah. But it's very important to finish that deal and get all the way to the end. So that's awesome that you. No matter what, you're moving forward. You're like, hey, okay, this isn't working. The basement's flooding. Cool. Let's freaking you guys. I don't want to do this anymore. Let's have you guys get off now we're freaking listed okay that's not working cool let's get the contractors back in like no matter what you're finding a solution and like that's the most important thing in investing in like really in life but investing in particular is just find a way to keep moving forward no matter what you just keep moving forward 
Yeah, and and to answer your question about what to do with the market dips, like I, I've so where we're at with that property is we're going to keep it as a rental. Um, I, I've I already know I want rentals. It was originally going to be a flip. I think if we flip it, we'll make a little bit of profit, but I I think at this point we might make five ten grand on it if we flipped it, maybe. Who knows? Depending on where it's at when it's done, where the market's at. So we're going to keep it as a rental. It's around the corner from my house. It's a good fit as a rental. My local realtor says you'll have no problem putting a tenant in there at this price. So we're going to keep it. I want to start building the portfolio and focusing on having some assets that are cash flowing. Nice. So uh, I, I was curious. This is just more of a personal question, but what is your family like? I, I don't I don't know if you had kids or you had a partner or anything. Um, what does it look like? You're like just your small circle. Sure. So um, so I'm I'm not married. I, I have my girlfriend and her daughter. Uh, so it's us. And um, I have my my parents are local still. I have uh, both my parents and my older sisters in town. Uh, I've actually had um, my older sister Erin uh, work with me too. She was um, she kind of fills in from time to time as you know when I need various things done as kind of like an admin assistant. Um, but my family's actually been a part of um, me wanting uh, to include them in on the business. Like my, my dad's retired now. My mom just left her job. And um, I've always wanted to give back to my parents for kind of taking care of me when I was a kid and just pr- making sure that we had what we needed to. So, um, yeah, I have, I have my parents, my older sister, and then I actually have a twin sister down in, uh, down in Florida. So most of my family's local, but... Um, yeah, the, the, the family, I think, is an important part of my business because, um, you know, I want to give opportunities to the people that I, that I know and know what to expect from, right? You know, some people don't like working with family, um, and I can see sometimes how that might go, you know, the wrong way. But I feel if, if, you're, if you know what to expect from your siblings and you have a good dynamic there, you can make, you can make something like that work. So, um, I really want to have my my family more involved in my in my real estate business, um, and also they've they've kind of they understand what the life of a business owner and entrepreneur is like, and they've always been really supportive. My you know my my girlfriend's always been on board, and at some point she's going to be a part of my business as well. And um, you know it's the family's always been on on the, on the plan to include as as part of my business because they you know just I know they've. Uh, they would be a good fit, kind of filling some of the roles that I need. Uh, what is your biggest struggle right now? That property. <laughs> Used to be. That's yeah. The, my biggest struggle: um, waking up every day and being intentional about specific things. Um, I'm one of those people that you know my brain's going 100 miles an hour, and I wake up every day and I, I have to journal. I have to little well, planner. Not journal, journal too, but like I have to use my 10x planner and plan my day and time block because if I don't, I'm gonna be, you know, all over the place. So something that is my biggest struggle is just continuing day after day to be intentional about doing certain things. Like for me, it's just it's finding more deals and getting those de- getting those deals signed. Get on the phone with people as we need to get stuff closed. Like make the get those that signature. And get that thing out to to a, another buyer and wholesale it, or find a way that we can take it down some way. Get, talk to people like Brent Daniels is a guy that I love. You know, I, I I've learned so much from that guy and just uh, kind of love the content that he puts out. But he 
his thing is TTP, talk to people. Mm-hmm. And have, for me, the, if there's one thing that I needed to do every day is just keep having conversations. Yep. Have conversations with property owners, have conversations with agents, with contractors, with people on the street. Hey, do you know somebody that needs to sell a house? Do you know a vacant house? Do you know an ugly house on your block? Have you seen one? Just having conversations. I think co- having conversations is the key to being effective in everything we do in real estate. Um, if you're looking for someone to bring on your team, talking to everyone, talking to the people you know that can maybe provide a resource. Like conversations is the thing, and, and being intentional about doing that every day is, is something that uh, I need to get better at. Yep. What's your uh, What's your number one book? Your number one podcast, and like the number one like uh, let's say seminar or event that you've been to, like. Number one of each of those favorite. Yeah, everyone likes to drop Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's a good book. Um, I, I think that's a good one. But my favorite book um, is is a GC book, um, and it's not t- the Ten X Rule, but um, um, Be Obsessed or Be Average. Okay. Grant Cardone's book. He's actually straddling a jet on the front cover. Have you seen yep, the cover of that yep. book? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that book, and it's it's basically a a follow on to. Uh, the 10x rule there's a chapter in that where it just basically expounds on so that one the reason i like that book so much is that if i feel like i'm kind of like falling back into a hole a little bit and i'm like like stuck in any way or just trying to move forward and and don't know where to go i'll start reading that book because that book gives me energy like like shut up like just get make it happen like you need to be obsessed about what you're doing because that's what's between you and closing another deal you need to be obsessed with finding another property you need to be obsessed about getting better in your skill set in the business or finding people, right? So that's my favorite book. Uh, ba- favorite seminar was uh, was GrowthCon 2020 in Vegas. Yep. 12,000 people in the Mandalay Bay Arena. That was crazy. We it, were there. Yeah. I know. That's what I'm saying. I think I might have even yep. crossed paths with you guys, right? But that that event was just incredible. That was on steroids. Yeah, you know, was just amazing. That, so many people, and, and, and we had – actually done Grant's uh, mentor program at the end of 2019 and it led into GrowthCon. And so I met a lot of these people that I was in the mentor program with and then met more people and I people that I still talk to to this day. So that was one of my favorite seminars. Um, and what was the other Podcast, question? Podcast. Podcast. Yep. Uh, Bigger Pockets. I mean, nice. Bigger Pockets is, is very diverse in yeah. real estate. I've heard everything on Bigger Pockets. Like, and, and they're, uh, you know, they're, a force in the industry, yep. you know, they, they will talk about rentals, they'll talk about flips, there's been wholesalers and Airbnb and Airbnb arbitrage and things that I've never even heard of, right. you know, just there's there's different angles on there too, you know, on, on real estate, so, or investing. So, yeah, bigger pockets is great, you know, it's, I, I often I'll throw it on in the gym and, and kind of a distraction because I want to start taking notes. I'm like, oh, that's right. good. That's yep. good. So I'm, yeah. like, I'm like lifted. I'm like, ah, yep. oh, crap, that one's good. Hold on. Dude, I've done <laughs> like that before too. Does it only rewind 15 seconds or 30 seconds? Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to it on uh, on on um, Spotify. So yep. um, yeah, it's like 15 or 30 or something. Yeah. So yeah. then you're trying to figure out how many yep. times you got to push the rewind button and then you're like, oh, yep. I didn't go back far enough. And yep. I do that all the time, dude. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that's a really good quote. And I got a, like a list of quotes that I always have. So I like, I got to, I'm like, yeah. Dang it. Got to pause it. Go back. Listen to it. Start typing. All right. Go back again. Let me listen to that again. Make sure I got this quote right. But yeah, bigger box. If there's one invention or something, there's some kind of app that could come out. It'd be some type of app where it's, I don't know how you would do it, but let's say you're listening to a podcast or an audio book or something like that. 
and you wanted to pick that nugget out that you just heard, something yeah. that could somehow capture like, like Siri, last 15 seconds, mark it. Yep. Like if, if Siri could do that for me, like that would be fantastic. Cause yeah. I'm like, I'm one of those people that likes to maximize all my time. Like if I'm driving in the car for an hour, I am not listening to music for an hour. Like right. I need to put some knowledge in my brain. So uh, I'm at the gym. I was like, I need to listen to something to like, you know, so I can educate and work out at the same time. So, um, yeah, that would be fantastic if I could do that. But yep, um, yeah, bigger pockets is is fantastic. So if you've seen our podcast, we got a deep question at the okay. end. Yeah, uh, you I know love, this question. I love deep. Do you know this question? I don't. <laughs> okay, sixty years from now, you're gonna die, and you have a final message. It's like a billboard, uh, a post, uh, a message, a mantra paragraph a sentence something that people will remember you something you think the world needs to hear and it'll be your thing what is your final message legacy don't wait don't wait don't don't wait is kind of like a summary of don't let another day get by by not chasing after something you want to do in life don't don't wait another minute not chasing a dream or trying to do something in life don't wait to go talk to that person, right? It's it's those periods of in my own life that I've experienced when I just I sat back and I got comfortable and I just was like taking it easy and I didn't take action. And I'm like, that's something that I never want to experience again. Like I even I even hate it nowadays. Even as I've gotten a certain level of success, I, you know, I, I want to continue to like push forward and forward. And like if I could say one thing when I die, it's like it's to tell people, don't wait going after what you want because a you don't know how long you're going to be here right you know we 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 can hope to live would you say 50 years from now 60. so i'd be 60 years yeah i'd be almost 100 98 yeah so i mean that's a good age but, but you know it's never guaranteed you know you could you, you could be gone in a car accident or something could happen you know so it's like you know don't let any moment pass by you know not chasing after or, or i mean success is great too but even wash put that to the side for a minute don't don't do things in life that don't actually make you happy. Like for some people having a business is not going to make them happy. So they shouldn't do it. Right? They should chase after the things that they find purpose in, they find passion in, and they ultimately brings them some kind of satisfaction. So don't wait, don't wait to, to do those kind of things. So how can our uh, listeners get a hold of you if they want to reach out to Mr. Justin? Yep. Um, social media, um, Airman Investor on uh, Instagram, uh, also Airman Investor on TikTok. Uh, I'm Justin Andrus. That's A N D R A S on Facebook. Um, yeah, I'm I'm mostly on Instagram, but any of those platforms, somebody can get in touch with me. Uh, if, if there's anybody out there that is interested in getting into real estate and they don't know where to start, I post a lot of content. I'm very uh, passionate and intentional about that content and giving people value for free. So I I'd always try to post stuff that will give somebody a takeaway. And if somebody ever has a question that they just, they don't know on or, or um, maybe there's something that, you know, you can offer me, I'm open to people. You know, I don't think people pitching me is necessarily a bad thing, but you know, reach out to me. I love, I love talking to people and having good conversations. Love it. Thanks for coming on, bro. Cool. Thanks guys. Yeah. We appreciate you. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys for watching. If you guys could do us a favor, one thing that we always forget to ask for is reviews and like liking this. I can't remember how the algorithm works, but we have not ever asked for reviews. So if you guys watch us and you watch all the way to the end, you watch our show consistently, uh, a couple people have been saying they really like our show, leave us a review on uh, whatever platform you're watching this on. It will really help us out.
Till next time. Peace. Peace.